Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. So when I uh, took these passages or this passage from Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, one, I want to say how excited I am that we're going through the book of Ephesians. Uh, And one of the things I want to encourage you to do uh, is not just listen to our sermons on Sunday, because this book has so much to say about the expansive love of God, about how community works together, about how diversity is hard across the board in the church, uh, that we come together from different backgrounds, cultures, upbringings, And that the beautiful picture of Christ and church is that we would love and serve one another. And that we would give a window into the kingdom. And Ephesians is one of those books that holds that tension, that says some hard things, that uh, enables us to kind of wrestle with some topics. And so uh, my prayer uh, is that you will kind of go on this Ephesians journey with us as we walk through this book. But as I chose these verses, uh, the first two verses, you know, are are pretty, people are pretty familiar with, right? You know, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves and is the gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast. But verse 10, you know, maybe if you're at maybe a VBS or, or something, I, I, you know, I don't know what it might be, but maybe you would remember this verse. But for me, a lot of kind of the foundations of my faith were built on verse 8 through 9. And the weird thing about it was that I always was trying to maybe follow some rules, Uh to not earn my faith, but kind of earn my faith, to stay in the good graces of God and maybe even the community I was a part of. Now, I'd miss verse 10. And when I, when I read this, this passage, I believe actually maybe uh, verses 8 through 9 kind of maybe hinge upon verse 10. For we are God's handiwork. In some translations, it says workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I remember uh, when I was in high school, uh, I would always, you know, uh, in English we would read books, and I was never that interested. I just, you know, I don't know. Maybe I was busy. Uh, and, and I just didn't want to read. Like, you know, I always was that kid that immediately when we got the book list, I was already in cliff notes, like searching it up, trying to figure out how I could find out the main things of this book. Not even thinking that, you know, maybe teachers probably would have those same resources to know that you're reading cliff notes. Anyways, uh, I don't want to maybe bring back bad memories for some people. But for me, I was like, man, I don't want to read books. Like, this is not exciting for me. And so I always get to a point uh, to where I realize I did not know the whole story. And it was usually either a paper or a test. 
and uh, a teacher usually would politely uh, give me not so good of a grade and it would say on there uh, you need to stop reading cliff notes and actually read the book right like you don't know the whole story and you're missing kind of the beauty of the story and, and as a as a student I'm like hey I'm just trying to get work done sure the beauty of the story whatever you say I'm just trying to get a good grade so I can graduate right and I think so much maybe of our faith as Christians is that we love reading the cliff notes and we miss the whole story. The cliff notes are, for it is by grace you have been saved. And, and maybe even what that process is in your mind is this idea of uh, the cross, uh, the resurrection, and then the Great Commission, right? And we're missing the whole story from beginning to end. We see in Genesis that God, what I love here in this verse, is it says we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So, hey, I don't know. This is kind of a nugget for you. I don't know if you uh, maybe have felt that you cannot do anything good or anything right or anything great. But it seems as if God created us with the intended purpose that we would join him in doing good work in this world. You have it innately in you to do that. Just like we have a propensity to go against the grain of flourishing, we have that same propensity, and I would even say even more so, to do great things in this world that contribute to the flourishing of our planet and humanity. And as I uh, begin to look at this story of everything is good and created and how God created us, and then we uh, usually, uh, we stay there for a little bit and we say, oh, yeah, that's great. But then we go immediately to Genesis 3. We go to the problem. Right? We, we, we go to this idea of the fall. And I'm not saying that we need to skip over Genesis 3. But what I'm saying is that post-Christ, we are called to live into Genesis 1, not Genesis 3. We are called to live into renewal, into partnership, into participation with God and cultivating the earth and following what God has called us to do. And I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I think Paul's drawing on this idea. For that we are God's handiwork, that he did not make a mistake when he created all of who we are. And that we were created in Christ Jesus, even from the beginning of our lives, even before we were even thought of. And good works were prepared in advance for us to do. So I want you to know today that if you have been reading Cliff Notes and just focused on maybe um, your propensity to uh, not be as good as you want to be. In that maybe uh, the idea that maybe you're outside of the faith because of something you've done or things that you are working through or maybe you're not as perfect as you would want to be. And I want to encourage you today that post-Christ, as we practice the way of Jesus, 
that it might take kind of the slow work of God in our minds, in our bodies, in our spirits, that we are loved. That no matter who you are, you are God's handiwork. That you were created to do good things. And as we think about maybe, uh, I don't know for you, but for me, this kind of truncated gospel story. And that we miss uh, the idea of renewal. So Genesis, we see Genesis 1, Genesis 3, and then we see all throughout the Old Testament, God being gracious and rescuing. Uh, and then we see uh, Jesus, it kind of culminates in Jesus. And then we see Jesus love people well. And I love uh, his verse, uh, or um, I mean, I don't know what I'm saying right now. Uh, I love uh, when, he, when he talks about Isaiah 61 in Luke 4. And he says this uh, in verse 17. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was, was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written. Now, I love this. Don't miss the story. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. See, when we fixate on so much of this idea of the problem, we miss the presence. So what we even see uh, with the Pharisees, those who knew the law well, those who believed that they were the seers, that they saw everything, that they uh, they truly knew what it was like for them to know and they would see who the Messiah was when the Messiah came. And it turns out that because the stories were so fixated on the problem, they missed the presence. And when Jesus was here, and if I'm honest, you know, I think it's so easy for us to fixate on the problem that we miss the presence, and that we miss that the good news of Jesus is that all will be renewed and restored, that all are included in this family, that we are called to uh, realize the, the presence of God throughout our weeks, in our workspaces, in our relationships, in our friendships. That we are called to do what? To do good. To do the good works that have been prepared in advance for us to do. And what I'm saying is that as Christians, I hope that we would be encouraged to know that we are partners with Christ in the work of renewal. Henry Nouwen says it like this. Yes, 
there is that voice. The voice that speaks from above and from within, and that whispers softly or declares loudly, You are my beloved. On you my favor rests. It certainly is not easy to hear that voice in a world filled with noises that shout, You are no good, you are ugly, you are worthless, you are despicable, and you are nobody unless you can demonstrate the opposite. What I love about this quote is that, you know, I don't believe, you know, this idea of, you know, maybe patting people on the back uh, and saying, hey, you are God's beloved might be maybe hard for you to receive. But today I believe the Spirit is leading me just to encourage that you are God's workmanship. And I'm going to say it again, that you are created to do good works in Christ Jesus. And that wherever you are in uh, your kind of your world, right, wherever you are at work, wherever you are in your friendships and relationships, wherever you are in your career, you are doing those good works as you contribute to the flourishing of this world. That as we are in partnership with the Spirit of God, that the church, that the community of God, the body of Christ, that we are right where we need to be. And my hope, my hope is that as we follow Jesus, that you might not get caught up like me. I'll use myself as an example. That we would not follow a set of rules, but we would live into a way of life, the way of abundance that we will participate in the renewal and incarnation presence of Christ in our neighborhoods, workspaces, and relationships. And that we would live into the calling that is on our life. See, Henry Nouwen says again in the Beloved, his book, our humanity comes to its fullest bloom in giving. We become beautiful people when we give whatever we can give. A smile, a handshake, a kiss, an embrace, a word of love, a present, a part of our life, or all our life. So as we close today, as we think about this idea of the gospel, that the gospel would no longer be only a message of saving from, but be a message about what we're being saved to. That we would no longer uh, read the cliff notes of the scriptures. We would find ourselves in the whole story that we would understand what it means, truly means, to be the workmanship of Christ, to be God's handiwork, that we would uh, walk in the good works that we have been called to. We love our communities well, and that we would practice presence, that we wouldn't be fixated on the problem, so much so that we will be 
blind to the presence. I want to read the message translation of Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Now God has us where he wants us. With all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. See, saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both, the making and saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does, the good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. Gather as we go. Let us be led into a more expansive faith, a more expansive understanding of the love of God and how God delights in you. May you be encouraged today that the problem is solved and that you would focus on the journey that is ahead. Pray with me. Lord, you are good. Teach us today to practice presence, practice obedience, to journey into the works you have prepared for us, to be in connection with your spirit. Teach us, Lord, that you delight in us, we are good. We are the capstone of your creation. Teach us to know the whole story. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.